Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Guys, welcome back to Awkward Sex and City. Uh, this episode with David Goldberg truly might be my favorite episode recorded so far. It is so good that I am not going to do any of the normal intro shit that I do where I'm like, you know, let me talk about this. Uh, buckle up. I was at the edge of my seat the whole fucking time. And if you love, love, love David, like I know you're going to, he has a show, his own podcast coming out very soon within the next month called The Luminaries. And it's going to be fucking great. And you'll see why very soon. Enjoy. Like bottoming without lube is not actually enjoyable. Oh my God. And you, unless you're like, unless you've developed some sort of kundalini tactics that, you know, we're, we're from the old world. Sounds no, like, he had ribs removed. That doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't. He would. It, there was. You have to believe me. It, <laughs> it, it worked. It, it was great. Can I just say about Gilmore Girls? Like Ooh, when yes, people yes. were like, "Oh, it's on Netflix. I guess I'll check it out." I was like, "You know what?" Some of us were in Target on a Saturday night in Houston, Texas, in 2005 because they had heard that there was a $10 sale for the season five box set. Okay, so don't don't play these games. Um, so I've been thinking about this story a lot because I all, my stories always end up being sagas, but this one has just been coming up a lot because I've been thinking about there's this there's a war happening right now on Instagram. <laughs> and the th- what's happened is hot gay guys are no longer just happy being hot. They they have to like. They can't just say I'm a hot sexual deviant, like that is my purpose in life, which it is, and that's fine. Just be hot. Live in Manhattan <laughs> and like go to the Bowery Crunch, and that's all you have to do. There's this new thing where they're trying to like still have some sort of clout within like the straight capitalist structure. So they add these kind of um adorkable identity signifiers. So you'll go to a guy's Instagram and he's literally a Turkish bodybuilder, and it'll say like board game geek. Okay. Oh my God. And this is, and I'm not even trying to do like, I want to defend geeks because like they have also destroyed this country. But <laughs> as someone who like at age 15 was in a musty comic book store buying issues of Wonder Woman, I do find it insulting. And it's also just like, it, it's just a charade that we're all playing into. So it's it's taken all these sick turns and it was embodied with someone that I hooked up with who's now becoming a monster. And- I I was feeling a little guilty about telling this story, but then I realized, like, I know he's going to gain followers from this, and I know he's not going to give a shit if I talk shit about him because it doesn't matter because he's hot. So, Oh, my God, I'm dying. Vengeance is coming. <laughs> so um, I guess I'll start basically almost exactly two years ago, my birthday, May 6, 2017. Mm-hmm. I was – I just – 
launched into this like new spring of my life where I had just read Call Me By Your Name for the first time. And at that point, not there was no movie. So do not like give me this oh cliched white gay bullshit. Okay, don't. So I just read it for the first time. I'm feeling alive. There's a chance for me. I went to <laughs> Tel Aviv. I was like, maybe it's not too late. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then my friend, uh, Rosalind Hart, who has a show at Joe's Pub called Never Sleep Alone Every Month. It's incredible. She wrote a book called Never Sleep Alone, which I read. And it actually, like, I, I usually am too intelligent for self-help books, but she's very smart. She's not like an idiot. So it's great. And it really did. It, like, reset me. And I was like you should read it if you can. Cause it is this like no bullshit. Like, okay, you gotta, you, you can't complain about your sex life not working unless you're doing like, you need to start covering your bases. And it's this book that gets you to like make your bed before you leave the house because you don't know if you're bringing someone back, like approach ah. strangers, like treat yourself with respect, stuff like that. Okay. So she started throwing these masquerades and what they would be is you show up in a mask in like full formal guiche and I'm so turned you on go already. from it's like kind of like a bar hop, but then there's all these secret activities and you're going under the proviso that like it's going to be actual hot people, not like. <sighs> in... <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for whatever you're going to say next. OK, well, Natalie, you run Natalie. People don't understand this about Awkward Sex in the City, the live show, but it truly is one of the only unicorns in New York City where actual hot people go. But if you go to like a cool, sexy event in Bushwick, it's just going to be like rich people who live in Murray Hill who want mm -hmm. a wild night out in Brooklyn. OK. Oh, yeah. I fucking hate Bushwick or like things in Bushwick. I live in Bushwick and I love it, but I hate that it's become this tourist thing. And it's like, no, like let it just be trash or whatever. Mm hmm. And yeah, that's going to play into this story. Anyway, so I digress. This party was fabulous. And it starts at this bar. I show it's on my birthday. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am in full suit, gorgeous, ornate mask that I got at Halloween Adventure. Thank you. I love the crones who, who live in the, the basement. The yeah, by side? Union Square. Yeah. No, Union Square. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Oh, I've uh, been in a mask there too. <sighs> I love. Okay. okay. So I see Rosalind and or as she goes by Dr. Alex Schiller, that's her alternate uh, persona. So she gives me like, she has these tasks. So she'll give you a card and it's like a dare. So she gives me one and it's buy a drink for the first person you meet. So she hands it to me and then she says, have you met my friend? We're going to call him in this story, Daniel, because I don't want to give him too much satisfaction. So she goes, have you met my friend, Daniel? Out of this world, hot. Like, I, I truly was shocked. I, I was because I go into a scenario expecting to either, you know, when you go to something that's organized by a straight woman, I'm like, all right, how many gay guys are really going to be there? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And fair, very how fair. many hot, like, what am I getting into? But this was like, okay. And, you know, this is probably public knowledge about me, but my life's goal, like the quest that I want to go on is to go to Long Island and find the factory where they create tall Italian men <laughs> because they just like, I know they crank out a certain amount every year and I'm always just like, wait, wait. Okay. Is it Long Island or is it Staten Island? Yeah, no, it's Staten Island. You're right. Yeah, no. Or there's like a, there's a chain. There's a, a shadow network. Anyway, so <laughs> he's just like out of this world hot. He's wearing... A white t-shirt with a black fancy vest over it and a little like stupid bow tie, which sounds so tacky, but you have to understand it's like over a heaving 
if hairy feels, tan bosom. It okay? feels a little Chippendales. It's he yeah, there is this like Italian Chippendales, like we're doing the masquerade number from Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> and he's wearing this kind of like nightwing mask with uh eyeliner. And I'm just like, okay. So I bought him a drink and we are making out in like seconds. Oh and the part God. it's literally 8 p.m. So I'm like, and I I I, I just was like, I can't believe it. I haven't felt like this in so long of when you go out where you're genuinely dazzled and you don't know where the night's going to go. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm usually very prescriptive and I'm like, when I go out, I'm just like thinking about what I'm going to eat next. Like that's all. Okay. I'm always so, thinking about the train schedule. I'm yeah. Like, it's just like a saga. Okay. Home. It's always a saga. So we're making out. So we go to the next location, La Gamelle, which is now like a Greek restaurant, but we're in the Bowery. There's like live band playing. There's a tarot reader from Italy. Okay. We go into the fancy bathroom at La Gamelle and fully have sex, which, okay, let's just clarify something right now. Like, bottoming without lube is not actually enjoyable. Oh, my God. And you, unless you're, like, unless you've developed some sort of kundalini tactics that, you know, were, were from the old world. But it's usually not great. But... The night had escalated and like I wasn't gonna not. So things were just going down. Uh-huh. Great. Okay. We go back out. There's like straight people also doing the thing. And I'm kind of laughing at them because I'm like, I already rule. Like you guys have to do this like matchmaker, matchmaker song <laughs> and dance. Like I've already won. Okay. He has this friend who's also hot. I at this point, I'm like literally, they're like kind of taking my clothes off in the middle of the bar and we're in like full formal wear and everyone's watching and I'm just so like I couldn't stop I, there's no way I was gonna stop it this is my legit fantasy I'm just I, like being in a bar and all of a sudden you're just like having sex and people are watching like yeah. that is like legit my number one fantasy and I'm being worshipped so in that regard it's great okay so I like then go with his friend and do a little coke, and then we hook up in another bath. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Okay. I love how you're like, I'm do a little coke. It was the sort of night where I was like, I'm not saying no to anything. Okay. You're Shonda Rhymesing it. Exactly. So we leave bar, and like, there's of course scaffolding as there is in anywhere in New York because the whole group is now moving to another bar. But we kind of like lay back. He like he picks me up and puts me on the scaffolding. We're making out. My legs are wrapped around him. These tourists walk by and the woman's like, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. (laughs) It's like, I am just like, yes, like army hammer. Fuck. Yes. Okay. Then we go. I don't know how we ended up here, but we go to like East 4th Street Avenue A right at Tompkins Square Park where there's that police station. And it is decided that we're going to like go for it again. So he, and again, this is mortifying, but he like fucked me on a police van. Mortifying or amazing? I'm just like, I understand that this is literally only two years ago and I'm 28. So I'm not trying to, well, I am trying to sound like a dramatic old, like I'm an old woman who's like looking back on her years, but I'm like, I just, I could never do that right now. I I cannot, I'm (laughs) like, what was I I wasn't thinking, but he was, anyways, no, it was incredible at the time. Now I'm like, oh my God. Like, do you regret the 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 police van part or like the whole thing? Like The whole thing, like we're outside. It wasn't warm. It's like early May in New York. 
Last it and that didn't May was very good. cold. I remember that May. Yeah, but I was like, I have to do like things just keep escalating. I have to do this. Okay. So that happens. Then we go back. And throughout the night, he's he we've talked, the conversation hasn't been sparkling, but I'm aware that like his interests are Disney and drag race. And he claims that they're serious. But again, as I've said, any hot person can say that they like are a Marvel geek. And it's like, okay, that doesn't mean anything because anyone can go to a movie theater and see a Marvel movie. Like yeah. anyone can like Disney. It th- That doesn't mean anything like, and, and I don't, so you really never know. Okay. So we, we part, it's great. And I'm like, obviously obsessed. Nothing like this has happened in so long. I'm completely freaking out. And we make plans to hang out again the next week. And here's another red flag, which again, 2019 me, I like to think knows better. He lives in Hell's Kitchen. Okay, so this is what we're dealing with. Okay, 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 okay. okay. This says paint a whole new picture on like, yeah and and so i and i really i guess at that point i i and i still kind of am i'm in this scarcity mentality where it's like who cares you'll take it okay so (laughs) we go to yes hell's kitchen is this i'm I'm actually happy to clarify this in manhattan there is this kind of slate um warehouse just um concrete asphalt hellscape called hell's kitchen (laughs) that is uh, just this gray um bleak wasteland that gay men have taken on as one of our colonies and only a specific set of wealthy gays who never leave manhattan right so they live and work in the same borough and who there's a, a fucking Thai restaurant on every goddamn corner. And when exactly. I try to, and this is, this is, this is the hell's kitchen interaction. Okay. I'm on a date with a guy from hell's kitchen. And I say, why are there two goddamn yum yum restaurants on the same block? And they just can't even engage with that. They're just like, yeah, I don't know. People like Thai food. And I'm like, you know, you can't even hang like, okay. <laughs> and then when you go to fire Island, which is another colony of white gays, which I do love. But when you go there they all talk about how they've been looking forward to it all year. And I'm like, why you see each other every day because you all live in hell's kitchen. Okay. So it's just this like wealthy white. And again, look who's talking, but it's this like wealthy white unapologetically, uh, culturally sterile landscape that somehow asserts dominance because hot gays who are in the circuit, who can afford to be that hot live there and then rule the rest of us. Yeah, it's okay. a very like specific sect of yeah of gay in New York City specifically, obviously. Exactly. In Man- Manhattan specifically. It's, it's this very it's like post Giuliani. Yeah. <laughs> it's post Giuliani. Yeah. Okay, so I go to his apartment in Hell's Kitchen. And all right. I am, you know, l- let's just paint a picture of who I am. At this point in my apartment, I had do you know what rasturbating is? That's like on Broad City how Abby has uh, printed out like 60 pages that form a mosaic of Oprah's face. Oh. So I had that with Michelle Pfeiffer, but it was about 10 feet by 12 feet in my. So I am not That's normal. Impressive. Yeah, but I just want to like illustrate that I am not like chic or tasteful. Okay. His apartment really threw me. 
I'm assuming it was very American Psycho. No. Oh. Because I was like, he's going to be just a hot person. There's going to be an empty refrigerator with like a protein shake on top of it and, and maybe a picture <laughs> of his mother. And that's his culture. Oh, no. There are Ursula paintings. There are Pokemon illustrations. There are... And I am someone, by the way, who is still going every week to the library to pick up his DVDs. There are Blu-rays of Marvel movies. There are frames of illustrations that are erotic of Hercules from the Disney movie. So, like, we've gone in. So he's, like, a nerd. He's... I, I still am not going to give him that. I still think he was hot first, then wanted to be a nerd like they all do. Not a nerd who became hot. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. But then once he became a nerd, he was like, I have to go. It, it like it, it's overcompensated. And because he's so hot, he's never had anyone tell him like, oh, this is nerdy or like this is sad. I've had people laugh at me. So I like have the dual identities. He there's like a privilege aspect. Yeah, there's a um when it's someone that's uh was a nerd and then became hot, there's usually like like a weight loss involved or something exactly. or like like a face like change shape. Exactly. So but there's that still that like inner fat kid or there's that inner there's right. that inner voice that can never go away. Right. This is different. This is and hello, we also have seen this happen with comedy where it's like, you know, comedians who become hot and then it's like, holy shit, that person is a superhero because they have it all. But you also know hot people who are like, I think I'm funny. And it's like, okay, well, Good luck with that. Okay. So we do have sex. And first of all, body is like, wow. And this is what pisses me off because when you hook up with someone really cliche hot, you want to say to your girlfriends after like, whatever, his dick wasn't even that good or like the sex wasn't even good. But the, the true, um, like the tragedy and the pain of it is that sometimes hot people are good at fucking. And you have to just like let that be. You have to just like live with the cruelty of nature in that way. And he was just like, he was pro. Like he just, he was, he was, I'm five nine. I think he was like six two or six three and just like beefy and strong and like everything was being used right. And he did this thing where he like picked me up and was fucking me. And also sucking my dick. Like he had, he like basically, and I know that sounds I, really like Cirque du Soleil, but it actually was easy as pie. Like he, he just kind of like scooped me up and he had my lap in his chest and he was just like curled over. I know how that, that really sounds no, like. No, he had ribs removed. That doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't. He would, it, there was, you have to believe me. It, <laughs> it, it worked. It, it was great. But listen, at this point, I'm like, okay, he is definitely, because of his point of view on the world, like everything that he discovers, it's like the first time that's been discovered, right? So if I'm, if I say like, oh, well, this is my favorite X-Men, everyone's just going to spit on me because they're like, yeah, duh, everyone knows that. For him to be like, I love Vaporeon. It's like, <laughs> it's like a, a breakthrough and like, how interesting. So I'm like, okay. Okay, but of course at this time I'm so insecure that I'm like, and he was really nice to me and it was like, okay. So I'm like, I, I don't care. I'm I'm in. Like, I'll, I, I'll give up everything. I'll forget my name. You know, like, I'll stop speaking to my parents. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I'm waiting for the switch because right now he kind of seems, 
Like the way that he's being painted, that he's hot, he's great at sex, he genuinely listens to you. No, he doesn't genuinely listen to me. He only listens to himself. Like it's he's in this echo chamber of like Oh, I miss that. I'm sorry. He's because he's like taken on a geek persona, he now thinks that he has he's entitled to be interesting too. Okay. So he's still self-interested. And I'm like Oh, cool. You like discovered geek culture, which I discovered 20 years ago and like is has only brought me loneliness. You're like <laughs> using this as this tool for like even more power beyond being hot. So I'm like, OK, I'm you know, my identity is being like obliviated here and my intelligence is being reduced. But that's my own. He didn't ask me to like play dumb. I do that to myself. Okay. okay. So I'm completely obsessed, obviously. And. <clears throat> Um, the first date, I just was a little insecure and self-conscious and like my head's going in a million directions. So the second date, I was like fucking ready. I had like me and my therapist had just like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> like I'm going to attack. Second date, I fucking slay. Okay. We meet for Thai food because it's Hell's Kitchen. Yum, yum. No. No, this one was that stupid one. It's called like V7 where they think it's chic and there's like, you know, when when a Thai restaurant will be like, what if our bowls were shaped like squares? It's like, okay, you're not like <laughs> teaching me a lesson. Okay. So we meet and at first I'm nervous and then I just like make out with him at the table. I'm like, I'm taking this. We go and see Trixie Mattel uh, perform. It's great. We're like holding hands. We're vibing. I meet his friends. I just felt like, I just felt myself rising to the occasion. Go back. Sex is great. Sleepover. Perfect. Um, it was a perfect cuddling formation because of the size differential. Oh. I could just like truly be ensconced, you know? Okay. <laughs> and then, so it's great. I'm now obsessed and out of my mind. Like, I'm not even thinking as a sexual being. I'm just like, oh, you can like become my parent now, which is what happens with all, any man who like pays attention to me. I'm just like, okay, you can consume my life. Like, give me a middle name. I, I don't care. Tell me, like, who am I? Who do you want me to be? Uh, <laughs> okay. So I'm like feverishly addicted. Like if he goes to Fire Island and posts it on his Instagram, I'm just like, I could go. Like uh, how many hours would it take me to get? Like I'm losing my mind. Of course, this is what always happens. Making myself sick. Okay. He's of course not interested because he's just like a hot hotel concierge who can like fuck anyone. And he lives in Hell's Kitchen. So his life is like a hologram. While I'm, you know, like sitting in the dark, like my Holocaust survivor grandmother, like thinking about every single detail. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So eventually I get over it. And a few months later, like so much has changed. I'm a go-go dancer now, which is like at that point I thought was so defiant. But again, another thing I look back on and I'm like. That cannot have been good for anyone. But <laughs> at this point, so I'm like, I'm a go-go dancer and I'm stripping and like, I feel really, that was a good night that I saw. I, I, I run into him. That was an unusual night for me because like I was triumphant. Mm -hmm. Some nights when I was go-go dancing, I was just like, why am I up here? I feel fat. I'm not, I'm poor. What's going to happen? Other nights I was like, I am that bitch. I like can fuck anyone I want tonight. This is incredible. And that was one of those nights. And I ran into him. This was in December. Mm -hmm. And he was with his boyfriend, his new boyfriend. This past December? So December 2017. 2017. Okay. So, and at that point, I'm like, oh, God, this is great. Like, I'm over this stupid crush I had. He can like go be with his little Manhattan people. I'm this go go dancer. I rule, <laughs> which like, 
Okay. Anyways, <laughs> so a detente is is stricken as we go into 2018. I start to notice something's going on on his ins- on his social media where he's started a new account where he dresses up as a certain Disney character, but in a sexy way. So yeah. I need an example right now. You know, I mean, this is, I'm sure this is huge. Not in, not the way that suicide girls do, but like, you know, there's cosplay culture, of course, but mm-hmm. then there's like Halloween cosplay culture where it's like, um, at Ricky's, we have a costume that's an Amazonian bitch. And it's like not Wonder Woman, but just like a slut. It's that culture. <laughs> so he's started it, but in a kind of curated, well-photographed way that's obviously meant for gays. And it's him dressing as one specific Disney character. It's almost like if you went to Disneyland. You know when you go to Disneyland as a kid and they have those actors dressed as like Prince Charming or Beetlejuice or whatever? And you lose your goddamn mind, right? (laughs) This would be like that living manifestation, but for adult gay men with dicks, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's sick. I mean, this is already like, all right. He's started to go really far with this, okay? And it's like, it has a lot of followers. And I'm like noticing from afar and I'm like, I I want to always be in contact with you, but like, I don't know if I can be party to this because mm-hmm. this is really like getting bleak. Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> I, months pass, summertime, FlameCon. FlameCon is a queer comic and queer geek culture convention in New York mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Yeah, it's very cool. It's I haven't great. been, but I've heard amazing things. And, and Bobby Hankinson hosts a thing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's fabulous, fabulous. Okay. So FlameCon, of course, has a costume contest. And the costume contest is this beautiful, triumphant uh celebration of queer people and alternate bodies. You have women of color in wheelchairs hand sewing their storm outfits. I mean, like, people are fucking dying. You have, like, trans Japanese video game characters making out on stage. Okay, people are dropping. People are sobbing. <laughs> I'm there with my friends. I'm wearing my kind of... I had a House of Yes person make me a cost, uh, ha- like a pride costume, which is basically, like, a rainbow unitar that makes my chest look really good and a cape. <laughs> Just... Simple, I am not here to prove anything, but I want to be in the spirit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who do I see? It's your guy. <sighs> he is here alone in costume. And let me just qualify. As that person? As the character. Okay, okay. Because the character has now taken on a persona. Like, this is now not just, like, a cutesy thing. It's now, like, a full alter ego persona. I cannot wait to see this Insta after we stop recording. Uh, no, and and I won't, I, I'm going to show it to you and I'm, I won't name it, but I know all of your listeners are going to find it like with enough, enough deduction skills and I know I'm just going to give him more followers and like I'm just feeding this monster. That's why it's a win-win <laughs> for him. I can say anything. So th- that's what I'm like telling myself moralistically. Um, he, now you have to understand his costume is about him being hot. So it's not, you know when like a a white girl on Halloween will be like, I'm a cat. It's like, okay, you're just hot. Like it's there's no real work into went into this. Mm-hmm. So he's wearing the general color scheme of this character and he's hot. And that has okay. Does he win? No. Okay. But 
it is like he is out of his element because everyone around him, like before and after him, is like queer POC. I'm doing a, a gender bent Inuyasha cosplay. And like these, you know, these people have been working all year. We're crying, we're clapping. He gets up and he's just like, we know, like, mm -hmm. this is not your turf. And for you are very hot. And like, he did have that power over us, but there were other hot people in better costumes. <laughs> So he's finally out of his element. And I was like, okay, I finally get a little something. Of course, it doesn't occur to him because, again, by the like laws of nature, if you're really good looking, you don't need to be self-aware, mm -hmm. which is why, again, really hot people in some ways cannot become comedians because you can't. Okay. I love how much you hate really hot people. I love it so much. I just... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It, yeah, I, I really have to. Well, it's it's not that I hate them. It's just that I know that they rule and I have no power. But you're hot. Thank you. But um, thank you. I'm going to take that. But <laughs> to me, that like getting there is a journey. It's I, I don't have like I have to have a, a discourse with myself about the possibility of being hot. It's not just this like guaranteed thing that I wake up with. Okay. So, uh. and like, it could be taken away. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, he's like buying more prints or whatever in the, in the stacks of the con. And he and I have a moment and like, it's kind of, it is cute. Cause, and we do like kiss for a minute. And I, I did have a moment where I was like, you know, it's been a long year and it is nice to just have a really smoking hot like italian yeah you know touch your ass okay so <laughs> agreed, agreed yeah agreed so a few more months pass and i go it's not three dollar bill it's right next to three dollar bill um the well okay it's at the well ah well is fabulous next door to the well there's a new gay club called three dollar bill mm-hmm $3 bill is hit or miss. The issue right now that we're facing, that we are facing with $3 bill, is that $3 bill has become a nexus of Brooklyn tourism for Hell's Kitchen gays. So if you, or dare I say it, New Jersey gays. Because last time I was at $3 bill, this hot guy hit on me and he was like, do you live near here? And I was like, yeah, I'm walking distance. And I was like, where do you live? And he was like, Jersey City. And I started backing away and he was like, it's only 25 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I actually admire the chutzpah that it takes for you to say, I live in Jersey City. You know what? Good for you. But for you to, to say that in my goddamn face, that it only takes 20, 25 minutes. When I said that I am walking distance, how dare you? Sorry, continue. No, I just wish, I just saw, you said that, and I saw this animation yeah. of that happening where I just saw you literally just like, what, like, backing I was, away. I was like, time is of the essence. This Molly could drop at any second. I am not going to, like, end up in Jersey City. What are your thoughts on Hoboken? Listen, again, <laughs> I understand. I'm like, that sounds great. You and your border collie living in a home with, like, a garage with a garage door. That sounds great in and of itself. <clears throat> but how dare you come to my neighborhood as like your wild night out in, in, in Brooklyn? Like, fuck you. I live here. It's trash. Like, don't. Okay. 
<laughs> so the the issue with $3 bill is that it's become this nexus for hot circuit gays. And, and famously, gays who live in Bushwick, basically we all look like ceramics teachers. Like we all dress like we're <laughs> idiots. We all look just traumatized. Everyone is, it's, no one looks normal. No one looks good, okay? So when you have these like, square-jawed Captain America, Hell's Kitchen, shirtless, circuit, idiot gays on hardcore ketamine partying, you're like, I don't want them here, but also like keep them around for a little longer. Okay. <laughs> so as I'm walking to the woods, I know that at $3 bill that night, two very famous drag race queens, Alyssa Edwards and um, Shangela are performing. And of course, here are the Hell's Kitchen gays. And of course, here he is. And we like say hi, we talk. And his drag race passion pissed me off too because I've been watching drag race since 2009. Mm -hmm. Like I watched Shangela's first season, okay? When she had, I mean, like I've seen lace fronts, like I've seen things, okay? He started watching in 2016, which is fine, gay gazunt, but like <laughs> now he has this. What was that term, gay gazunt? Gay gazunt is Yiddish for like, Go live your life. Gay gazunt. What do oh, I care? Okay, okay. So he's now like overcompensating because he's like, well, I'll spend $75 to go see a drag race queen. And I'm like, you look like a, th this is what like makes you look like a dilettante, but because of the way you look, no one's willing to tell you like you've taken on this personality signifier that isn't real because for you, it's just about like, how much money can I spend? It's not like in your bones. Do you think at any point it was genuine? Do you think at any point it, it was is real? genuine, but it's from a such a limited point of view that it's like it's genuine to him. But I think he can pick it up or drop it as he pleases. I think that's what insults me is like, mm -hmm. I guess that I have always felt like when nothing's left, I have these stupid like obsessions that I can go back to that, like, keep me alive or keep me from killing myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to turn it into like Buffy is only for the for the strong of heart. But there is this sense of like okay, you're just going to like stomp in and take this. Not take it, but like play with it. Well, yeah. and, and you get to reap all the rewards. Like if we if we step back, like a lot of us, for a lot of us, especially like in like our, in New York City or in like the comedy community, middle school and high school was literally traumatizing in so many different ways, right? right? So we, we had Buffy and we had exactly. comic books and I had Gilmore Girls and I had Saturday Night Live and I had this. And so... That's what got you through it. Can I just say about Gilmore Girls? Like Ooh, when yes, people yes. were like, oh, it's on Netflix. I guess I'll check it out. I was like, you know what? Some of us were in Target on a Saturday night in Houston, Texas in 2005 because they had heard that there was a $10 sale for the season five box set. Okay. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't play these games. With I, me. I was late to the game. I got on it. Like had already happened. Uh, but ABC Family. Before oh, I turned. critical. Same. Critical, mm -hmm. critical, critical. They played every episode at 11 and 5 p.m. And I was there. Yeah. 11 a.m., 5 p.m. My whole schedule went around those two episodes. And then yeah, in 2014, they did an episode at 11 a.m. and 12 p.m. and 5 a.m. Yeah. And like my life has been stunted the moment it was available on Netflix. Oh, I don't even know how the how the kids because I I had that with Buffy. It was like you have the seven. No, no, no. You have the six a.m. 
and you have the 4 p.m. and you just gotta whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how these children can. But but listen, I, I'm not trying to say that I'm against like hot people being fans because there is nothing better when you're at a fucking Comic Con with the mole people who live in the sewers and you have this trade coming in wearing a pink Supergirl t-shirt. I'm like, yes, this is the dream. Okay. <laughs> to me, it's just this idea of like, I can make my identity whatever I want it to be today with no consequences. Mm -hmm. That's where I, I'm like, like Drag Race, like Pokemon, even if you're a 29-year-old man going on Disney cruises, fine, if that's who you are. But don't do this to, uh, make, to, to prove that you're something you're not. If you're hot, just be hot. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I see him there, and that night in a... In a moment of weakness, I text him. And here's the thing. He does not text back because he still has that where, like, I can see him at one of these events and text him and I know I'll get nothing. Mm -hmm. He's so withholding. He is a classically hot person. Like, he is a hot Hell's Kitchen gay. I was expendable. He does not give a shit if I live or die. Okay. But people like that do exist. Like, that's not an exaggeration. Right. And I shouldn't give them power. Okay. So. <laughs> By, by January of 2019, his Disney thing has become an institution. He now has a separate Instagram account, one that's him and one that is this character. The photo shoots have become more opulent, and he has now introduced a Patreon into the mix. Yeah. Ew. And now the Patreon is actually like thriving because you can pay $400 to go to a photo shoot of him in this character and watch him get shot as this character. You can pay, um, you can pay $150 for monthly access to special pictures. And he is very smart because he does no nudity. They're sexy pictures, but they're just like, they, he's not giving it away. Okay. I do. This reminds me of how much, like kind of what you're saying. I get really, really mad when someone's really hot and good at business. It's, like it, it drives me crazy. It's it's tragic because I'm like, like this fuck. is so fucking smart. Right. Like this is so smart. Valentine's Day, <clears throat> 2019. Dr. Alex Schiller, uh, Roslyn, who did never sleep alone and threw the masquerade ball, throws this giant activation at PlayStation Theater with Virgin, and it's like this huge party. Who should be there? Our Disney villain, and. <laughs> I, at this point, I'm just like, I'm a crone. Like, what it, what am I? What is my body? I think, let's be honest, at this point, the last time I've had sex was Oscar night, but like, it wasn't even good. So I'm just like, wander. I'm, I'm in Midtown. I have to go to PlayStation Theater at 730. I'm like, am I a person? Like, did I die years ago? Okay. So I see him out of this world hot and... The celebrity has now fully gotten in his head. Like, he's at a whole new level. And at this point, I'm like, we're not going to fuck, so I don't have to, like, entertain this. But I am curious because at this point, I'm, like, thinking about leaving my job and exploring, like, how do people do this? How do people make money? So I was just like, I am really fascinated by this Patreon because I see that you're doing well. Okay. Patreon is now paying for. So he has a job, but Patreon is covering rent. CrossFit, and as we know, CrossFit's like 250 a month, especially uh -huh. if you live in Manhattan. Food, cabs, 
and his dog's vet bills. Okay. So he is truly now like living in a palace of gold. Okay. Based off of this psychotic, sick fetish thing, which is genius because he basically said, I'm going to pretend to be a geek and then I'm going to use it against them because I'm meeting all these pathetic, thirsty, real geeks and I'm going to take advantage of them by like infiltrating their own ranks. And he's thriving and he's so proud of himself. And I was like, fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> and I'm trying to be shady, but it's just de- being deflected. Mm-hmm. All right. And at this point, I'm still, <clears throat> I was an editor at Time Out and I list all kinds of events. So usually people would ask me, like, can I list something? And I never say no. So he says that he wants to do a gallery exhibition called Thirsty. I I am like, I hope he comes for me and destroys me. Um, He wants to do a gallery exhibition that is a commentary on the fandom that he's created, which means to say it's not just pictures of him in these sexy poses. He wants to print out the comments he gets as this kind of commentary on how crazy or how like horny his fans are and how desperate they are. And I kept saying like, okay, yeah, but you're just as bad as they are. And he was like, oh, I know. But I'm like, no, you don't. That's the problem. You don't. Okay. They're just following orders. Uh-huh. Everything is about the Holocaust with me. Okay. So um, <laughs> he is just not getting it. And, and I kept saying, because at this point I still didn't have the willpower to just be like, fuck you. I'm like. You know, it would be more interesting if you just do a straightforward gallery exhibition of these pictures because at least they have some artistic merit. Some photographer shot them and like, just have it be about you. Don't do this. But he's like, no, I'm postmodern now. (laughs) And I was like, all right, well, I'm sure we'll list it because I was like, this will never happen. Okay. (laughs) This weekend. No, no, no. This Monday. We're recording on a Friday. This Monday. Who should, and and by the way, I left time out two weeks ago. I am no longer like, that utter is dried out. Don't come a knocking. <laughs> hey, the gallery show is happening. Can you send me who I should reach out to at time out to list it? By the way, hope you're well. Have a good weekend, question mark. And... You know, it was that second part of the message that have a good weekend that was finally like what did it for me? Because I was like, oh, you have to like if you have to pretend that hard. No, no, no. If you have to try that hard to pretend to care and you're so bad at it because we all do that. You always reach out to someone, you know, that you don't actually care about, but you can like milk it. I'm like, oh, you couldn't even. (laughs) And I was like. No, this is like it follows. It has to die with me. I cannot <laughs> pass this on to anyone else at Time Out. I'm not. And I'm like, I would be humiliated if I recommended this. Yeah. Like, no, this this ends here. By the way, this sounds like I'm being so cruel or whatever, but it's like, he's going to do this show. It's going to be packed. He's probably going to pay for a trip to Bali. Okay. Like, there are no consequences. For him. Mm -hmm. And he's never even going to hear this because, again, he's, like, protected by (laughs) hotness. So this is just me getting my revenge. And, yeah, it's, like, this nerd culture thing that's just gone way, way too far. So I'd like to say I think I know better now. 
I think it still takes me a minute to like get my wits about me now, but at mm-hmm. least I can hope I will get my wits about me. And I'm still trying to figure out like, I don't know what happens next culturally in terms of these hot gays who are doing like, they have 50,000 followers on Instagram and they say like, I love Marvel. It's like, okay, doing Instagram posts of you seeing Avengers early is not why people are on your Instagram. They're on your Instagram because you're hot. Okay. Mm -hmm. In the 70s, before straight people created AIDS, hello. In the 70s, when we were like a threat in our kind of thriving sexual peak, men, gay men were just sexual beings. They would work a stupid job in in a shitty neighborhood in New York and then go to the Chelsea Piers and fuck. And that was it. Now it's like it's not enough to just be to be at the, the peak of the sexual economy. You have to take over like capitalist nerd culture as this way of like ruling over us and it's bullshit like you cannot just that you can apparently i guess i'm frustrated because they have absolute power and i have nothing so (laughs) i'm just trying to figure out what happens next because obviously like the gay capitalist thing is just getting more and more especially with drag race so i'm like how can we I don't know. Maybe we'll be hunted again and then we'll just be like sexual, <laughs> like sexual. Maybe when we're just like on the run again for being sexual deviants, we can have that again. Or maybe it's up to me to start like a new age. I, I just have to figure it out. Legit thought you were going to say new AIDS. And I was a like, new AIDS. Oh. a new <laughs> Um, Get ready. <laughs> this might feel off topic, but how do you know, like the whole Taylor Swift thing right now? I know about how she was teasing a release over weeks and we all thought, well, some people thought she was going to come out as bi and then she just said me. Yeah. So this is like a whole thing. Like I'm in so many groups where it's like Taylor's gay, Taylor's gay, Taylor's gay. So how do you feel about uh, these literal famous people who legit probably are, probably have been for a long time created a heteronormative, you know, storyline for themselves out of just, you know, being young and confused and PR people telling them things that like, like Taylor Swift is going to come out. Like this is going to happen. I think so. Like I would put money on this. The seventh album, me is slowly going to be where she's like, there's other things. Um, So how do you feel about that? Because I feel like that compares to something like this really hot dude. Yeah, it's capitalizing on it. It is bullshit. Even though like say she is genuinely gay. Like, would you feel like she is um, a fraud in a way or capitalizing on it or in a way? Yeah, because way? she's gay when she gets to be. And and l- listen, okay. If Zac Efron or Hugh Jackman <laughs> happen to be closeted, I'm not saying they are, but if they happen to be by some insane set of probabilities that no one with two eyes, two ears, and a nose could obviously tell for themselves, if they happen to be closeted and they said, I'm coming out, here's my story, I accept the consequences, I am ride or die, I'm with you. I am going to celebrate you and advocate for you. Okay. You know, this kind of makes me think about like, when Aquaman came out and it made a billion dollars, Amber Heard published this essay and she was like, look, I get that I'm in the biggest movie in the world, I'm doing great, but like, my, I have taken, I've really, my career has been hurt by speaking out, by speaking out about Johnny Depp, by speaking out about domestic violence, by speaking out as a bisexual woman. Mm-hmm. There have been consequences and I have had to face them. That I was like, good for you, bitch. Cause you're like, you're actually, that's the truth. 
Mm-hmm. For Taylor Swift to to arrange this sick, like scheme is, it's, you know, sh- because this indicates that she doesn't have to come out. And, That's a good point. And and she doesn't. And there won't. She's not going to lose anything because she's coming out like on the lowest spectrum with the lowest stakes. And and I hate to say that because I don't mean to come for queer women. I'm just saying like, what hot. Po- how is she going to be any different? How is her life going to be any different? Yeah. So good for her that she can do that. And I understand that in its own way, it's progress, but it's like, it, not everyone can just, you know, not everyone can do that. Not everyone has complete power over the universe. That I think that's where I'm torn with Taylor Swift. It's like, it, everything's so calculated. So like exactly. there's there's that. So it's T Swift doing this whole shit, like the gala performance, the time gala, gala, however you fucking say gala. Um, if you saw it, she actually switched pronouns in two of her songs. She says, she can make me a drink instead of you can make me a drink. And okay. I, I want her midnights, right? So it's all like calculated. She's doing this weird shit. But earlier this month, Ariana Grande comes out with Monopoly. says one line, I like men and women. Yeah. No one cares. Because Taylor Swift is not a diva, first of all. She's not a diva. She's not a diva. She's not. Do you think she wants to be one? Yeah, in her head she is. Ah, when okay. she goes, to the, when Taylor Swift goes to the Met Man X uh, Machina Met Gala and wears black lipstick and meta- lipstick and metallics and thinks I'm nailing it right now <laughs> in the same goddamn room as Cara Delevingne, who's literally a cyborg. Taylor Swift in her head is like, I'm doing. Cara's it. so hot too. Cara's so hot, and Cara's like, Cara's bisexual, but Cara, I'm like. Yeah, you're this like bitch who's dating um Saint Vincent and like walking runways in Milan and doing sci-fi movies. Be bisexual. <laughs> with Taylor Swift, I'm like, no, you, no. And and with Ariana Grande, like that's tricky too because Ariana Grande has a lot of appropriation issues, but in terms of the gay community, I, I think she's like she's past her 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 gauntlet that she needed to go through and like She's around for us. She's she's in it to win it for us. She gets it. She's met her fair share of gay teens who are fucked up. Mm-hmm. I don't know that about Taylor Swift. I don't know that Taylor Swift's been in a room with homeless gay teens. I can say Miley Cyrus has. For everything that's fucked up about Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus, I understand, is in touch with queer culture. Mm-hmm. Not all queer culture. I understand that she has some huge blind spots about race. But... You know, Taylor Swift, I'm like, great. I'm glad that gayness is a fad and it's profitable enough that it's like on your radar. But like, you're a boring white girl and you had a manager tell you. And if she is truly queer and has been this whole time, I love that. But can she, how far is she going to go with it? You know? I don't know. That's yeah. the whole question. Everyone wants to know. It's like, how far will she go? How do you feel? Is there anything else you want to say? No, I riveted myself. So thank you. <laughs> I'm truly, I'm riven. Yeah. How are you feeling? Like, are you the same person after listening to that? Like, because I don't know if I if I am. Um, David Goldberg, thank you so much again for doing this this episode, this show. It was so great. You can follow him on all the social medias at Goldberg Han. And again, his new podcast coming out this month, The Luminaries. It's going to be fucking great. Enjoy, like, subscribe to his, to mine. And I will see you guys in two weeks. Bye.